Hello and welcome to this episode of the Wellness Edit with Holland and Barrett. My name is Dr. Gemma Newman and I'm delighted to bring you Madeline Shaw for today's episode. Now Madeline is a leading voice on the wellness scene with a range of nutritional oral sprays in collaboration with Better You. She's also a nutritional therapist, she is a best-selling cookery writer, she's a qualified yoga instructor and she is a mum. And over the last six years, she's transformed a simple food blog into a wellness community with over 700,000 fans across multiple media platforms. She is really inspiring. And the main message that she shares is to get your glow back. And she has a podcast, Get Your Glow Back. And she has a brand new Get Your Glow Hub in which she shares meditation techniques and information about recipes as well as yoga. So I'm really thrilled to have Madeline on today and share some of her amazing tips towards happiness and wellness. So welcome, Madeline, to the Wellness Edit. It's so good to have you. Oh, thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, it's really lovely to see you, albeit through a screen. And it was a lovely honour, actually, to have already chatted to you before, because I remember we had a chat previously when uh, I was on your podcast, Get Your Glow Back. Yeah, I feel like we're we're doubling up. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's a nice opportunity to give you your own chance to glow as you talk a bit more about your work. So what I would love to do for the listeners is just start off by finding out a little bit more about you and how this all began for you and why you're so passionate about the work that you do. So uh, just share with us a little bit more about, about you and why you do what you do. So I moved to Australia when I was 18, 14 years ago, and got diagnosed with IBS. I was having really bad digestive problems, went to see the GP and she was like, you have IBS. And I was like, oh, you know, at this time there was information about it, but not in the kind of way it is these days. And I basically ended up going to see this naturopath and she really helped me with my diet but also helped me in a more holistic way while looking at you know IBS not in just what you eat but how you manage stress and I got really interested in health and nutrition and basically ended up eating at this cafe so much they gave me a job and fell in love with food and cooking and I started doing yoga really regularly and started meditating and kind of started immersing myself in kind of wellness and you know in Australia what I really loved about their kind of methodology and thought towards it is it's part of a lifestyle so you meet up with your friends and go for a walk and you go and eat beautiful brunch and I just found it really refreshing because at that period of time I had always seen health as like about dieting and like you know being really thin and pushing really hard at the gym and only eating like vegetables and I was so interested and and inspired by this new view on healthy living that it was about what you did every day and looking after yourself not just about what you look like how you feel Mm. so that was kind of the beginning of it and at the cafe I was putting up some of the food that we were making in the cafe to Facebook and this girlfriend of mine was like why don't you set up a food blog and I was like what's a food blog didn't really know what it was and that was almost 10 years ago that I like decided that I would like set up a food blog and start a business or a career in health and wellness I had like 
always wanted to know what I was going to do in life. So both my parents knew what they wanted to do when they were 14. My mom's a physio, my dad's a psychiatrist, and that's like all they've done. So they were like, found their passion and they just rolled with it. So I think I always was really inspired by them to have a career that I loved. I was like, work and career can bring you huge amounts of happiness. So I felt like I had this amazing mindset towards what work could be, um, but I didn't quite know what it was. And when I was at school, I was good at math. So I thought I might be an investment banker. And then I thought I might go into fashion. Then I thought I might go into interiors. I worked in restaurants. I dog walked. I, you know, from the age of 16, I always had a job and I always was like doing something. And when I hit 22 and even though that sounds so young but I felt at that period of time like I'd been searching for a long time and I really found something that I was really excited about and I didn't really know how to make it into a business but I knew I wanted to work in that industry and then I moved back to London and studied nutritional therapy at CNM and also did my yoga teacher training and yeah just started posting like recipes to Instagram and online and I guess it was at a time where people were really interested and thirsty and I met my manager quite soon after because she was a family friend and she was like where do you see yourself in five years time would you like to write a book and I was like no that's what Jamie Oliver does you know that's not that's not something that I'll do but we did put together a book proposal and a lot of people said no but someone did say yes and yeah I wrote my first cookbook which came out in 2015 and then did two more after that and I guess it's almost been 10 years of working in this industry and I love it. Like I'm still feel really passionate. I've definitely grown as a person and I've become a mother and that's changed how I approach health and wellness, but I still remain incredibly like passionate and grateful for the job that I have. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing your story in such a way. A lot of things come to my mind as I hear you talk about that because, well, first up, how fortunate were your parents to know exactly what they wanted to do from so young? <laughs> oh, that is amazing. <laughs> I had a similar path. Well, I remember when I was about 10, I had I went through a phase of wanting to be a Blue Peter presenter. But apart from that, I always wanted to be a doctor. So, <laughs> um, so I realised that's a really fortunate position to be in because I do see a lot of my patients and generally people that I know sort of struggling to find what it is that they are really passionate about. And I love hearing your story because you knew that it was a wonderful thing to be passionate about your work, but you also knew that it was important to try lots of different things and uh, see what suits you. And it was also kind of brave, I think, to actually just follow your passions. You, know, you didn't, from what it sounds like, you, your your priority was really to seek out the things that 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 made you glow, that made you light up rather than worrying too much about some of the practicalities. Would, would you say that's right? Or how would you say um, it went for you? Definitely. I think every decision I've made intuitively has been the best decision. And I, I don't know if you believe in this sort of stuff or not, since you are a doctor, um, but I got my star sign read and I, it basically said your life's work is to be authentic and the more you make your decision from your head and not from your gut, the more difficult your life will be. And I really, truly believe in that for me, like following what I'm passionate about, making decisions that might not seem that practical. Like I went to university in Australia, which was really random. I didn't know anyone 
it was completely on a like, I really like this country. I want to move and live there. Um, but it worked out really well for me. And like, yeah, I think that's been really good for me. And I think everyone can do that and everyone can kind of make those gut decisions, but it's, it's about training it, isn't it? Maybe it's like eating intuitively or like choosing what you want to wear that day intuitively. And then you're kind of training that innate knowing inside of you to kind of connect and make decisions from that. Yeah. And do you think that's something that you had to learn? Um, or is that something that came very naturally to you? It probably didn't come naturally when I was a child or when I was a teenager, at least as such. But when I went traveling to Australia when I was 18, so I, I went traveling there before I actually moved there. I felt such an innate connection to it and a need to kind of live there. And then I did make that decision and it did work out really well. I think that gave me this really um, strong connection and interest. And I think I read The Alchemist, which was like still a big book now, but 15 years ago, it was like the book of the time. And I think that's what a lot of its messaging is, is kind of following your dreams, going after your passion. You know, it was also the era of the secret and manifestation. And again, that's still so big now, but I think, the conversation at the time was a lot about that. And then I think from that one time where I was like, oh, I did this decision and then that happened, it strengthened it for me. And then I I felt more trusting and able to kind of go with that along the way. <laughs> that's wonderful. That's, that's really great to hear because I do think that's something many of us struggle with. And it's interesting that you mentioned your diagnosis of IBS because stress can be a big component of that for a lot of people. And I guess what I hear from what you're saying is that you were actually able to overcome the IBS symptoms through nutrition, but also through perhaps following your gut. If we're going to be talking, I know a bit about gut health, but very literally following your gut and leaning into your instincts when it came to what was right for you. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. I think for me, stress is probably like the best way that I have been able to manage uh, my IBS symptoms and I definitely don't struggle with it in the way I used to. So I think it's definitely been a holistic approach. But yeah, I think probably like you'll know with a lot of things, like especially with IBS, like people's triggers and, and what causes their IBS is very different from this person to this person. So intuition and being your own detective is really important in it because there isn't like a test that can like tell you what is the thing that's causing it. You do have to do a bit of trial and error, whether that's, you know, a food diary where you analyze or you do something a little bit more extreme, like low FODMAP, or if you incorporate yoga or meditation into your life and see if that's what helps. So I think you do have to have that curiosity and that instinct and that thirst for finding out and being curious and trying different things as well. Yeah, definitely. I suppose thinking about the IBS and your own journey back from Australia, I'm reflecting on another guest we had on the show, Richie Norton, who also found his way to a healthier, happier life after going to Australia. So I definitely see there's some links there. But for you, was there a sudden moment, like an epiphany where you thought, I have actually got my glow back? Or was it a gradual journey for you? So I'll answer that in a sec. First to say, I knew Richie in Australia. We used to hang out a lot with Shona Virtue as well when they were dating. And I feel like in a really similar way, Richie and I both sort of were super inspired and then both moved back to London around the same time. So Isn't I've that known funny? Richie. 
Um, so I just wanted to say, how, yeah, how much I love Richie and he, he's fantastic. Your second question, God, I've completely forgotten it now. Tell me again. Right, you're, you're, too, you're too engrossed in my stories of Richie. So I asked you, um, because I know that, that a lot of your work is focused around getting your glow back. I was wondering in your own journey, whether this was a sudden thing for you where you realized suddenly, oh, I've, I've actually got my glow back or whether it was a more gradual journey towards uh, discovering what really worked for you. So I think a really pivotal moment was one day I was walking down the street uh, in Sydney and I it was maybe like a year or so into kind of eating well. And before that, you know, I was like, <laughs> just not really looking after what I eat definitely wasn't eating very balanced I was a student as well and this woman who I had babysat for and hadn't seen for a while came up to me and she was like oh my god you look so great you look so healthy you're glowing I should actually really thank her because that was what really <laughs> inspired me and gave me that idea of this word glow which has been a pinnacle word that I've used in my kind of career and in my books and I thought it was a really beautiful way to describe when you look after your insides and your outsides how you look and feel because I really think if you're sleeping well and you're moving and you're eating lots of diverse you know plant foods and fruits and vegetables it does shine through you do look healthy and that really stuck with me of what a lovely description it was and for a long time it was all about being skinny being lean like these kind of words were being thrown around and when I first moved back to London and I started doing like talks where I'd like spiralize a courgette and everyone would go whoa because um it was really revolutionary at the time Yeah, I, I've always had that kind of thing of saying, get the glow uh, using that word, because I think it's a really beautiful way of describing what health and wellness can do to you without focusing on weight. Yeah, I think you're right. And I like that about your message, because there are so many ways for us to feel healthy. And finding your glow is just a great way of encapsulating all the ways in which you know, your lifestyle can help improve how you feel. So I think it's a really great message and well done that person, whoever she is or he is. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. I give her a lot of credit. She's helped me a lot. (laughs) Good. So you've obviously got your podcast, Get Your Glow Back, and you've got your website and all of the work that you do. And I understand that you've recently set up something called the Glow Hub. Would you be able to talk to us about that? Yes, it's very new. And I would say it's probably been in my mind for like many, 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 many years, but kind of a mixture of other things have got in the way and I haven't quite had the capacity to like give it a breath. But it's an online platform that has yoga, meditations and meal plans. So the idea is it's a sort of online hub that gives you everything to get the glow. So I found, you know, especially being a mother and not having huge amounts of time that the best way for me to actually get regular exercise was to do it at home. And I think yoga is an amazing thing where you just need a mat and yourself and 
not only are you strengthening your body, but you're also breathing and connecting with it. You're also improving your posture and, you know, stretching your muscles. But I also think stress is such a prevalent and difficult thing that gets in our way, which causes us to not sleep as well, maybe not look after ourselves as well and not feel good. So I've put in lots of meditations because I think that meditation is something that's really helped me and also helps so many other people. So I've put in lots of like meditations, whether they're three minutes, 10 minutes, and then I've put in lots of meal plans. And that's not in a kind of strict dieting way. That's in a inspiration way of it might be meal plans for lunch boxes that week, or it might be what I call cook once, eat twice. So it might be lots of meals that you can like batch cook and then freeze for the rest of the week. I do a lot of things of like Sunday prep where I'll make maybe two dressings, marinate something, roast up some roast vegetables, prep a breakfast. And then I just feel like the week's going to be much easier if I've got those things in the fridge ready to go. And I've got something that I can like defrost, reheat, cook up at five, six o'clock for everyone to have supper rather than being like frantically like running to the supermarket to get something. Because I do think preparation does help a lot. So I've kind of pillared um, the Glow Hub in these three ways, but I really just want it to be like a really lovely, warm space that everyone can walk into and feel like they've got this really nice holistic approach to health and wellness that they can access from their home and create their own kind of little health hub and um, home wellness space that they can meditate in, do yoga in, cook in and feel motivated and supported as well. And we're making it nice and affordable um, so that people can move regularly because, you know, going to a yoga class, if you want to go quite regularly, can be quite expensive in real life. Um, And I do think it makes a difference if you're doing it at least three times a week rather than once a month. Yeah, I think you're right. I do try and go to a yoga class in person and I don't end up going more than once a month. It's just hard for me to fit it in. So it's lovely to have the idea that you can actually sign up for something which is reasonably priced and you can go and find batch cooking recipes, find inspiration for meditation and some simple yoga moves that will then just get you set up for the day. That sounds amazing. I feel really proud of it. And yeah, it's something I've wanted to create for a long time. So I hope everyone enjoys it. Oh, I'm, sh- I'm sure they will. And it's it's a nice way of creating some online community as well. Is there a way for people to connect with other members or is it sort of an individual subscription type thing? That's definitely where I'd love to take it because I do think that that's such a lovely thing. Yeah, I think we might do some like lives where people can chat to each other or actual in real life events but yeah we're Mm. kind of figuring that out but yeah I agree it's I think it's so nice to connect with other like-minded people you learn so much don't you from other people whether they're like helping you like how they fit it into their lives or some tricks and tips that they do that can really like revolutionize your life yeah especially as a mum I mean because you've mentioned a couple of times about being a mum now and I know myself from experience that your whole world changes and it's so much harder than to find time for yourself isn't it absolutely no it's so true and I think fitting in stuff I find the only way that I ever get my meditation and movement done is is waking up an hour before my son wakes up in the morning. Luckily, he does sleep in. He's not an early riser. But that's my like hour, my moment where I roll up my mat, do my 30 minutes flow, 20 minutes meditation, jump in the shower, and then he's awake. Because I feel like once I've like done drop off, got some work done, I feel like I've just 
I'm kind of lost for the day. I find it harder to exercise like later in the day, but that feels like my like window of opportunity or doing it. But I think everyone's different and, and finds their kind of way of fitting it in. I definitely am not an afternoon evening exercise. I'm always so impressed with people that go to the gym after work. For me, I'm like, I'm done. My I, ha- I have my most energy in the morning for sure. Yeah, I, I do too. I remember when I did my marathon training, I had to try and squeeze it in wherever I could. And I really found it hard to do the evening runs. It was just really difficult. <laughs> but yeah, that's that sounds great. And I suppose you've kind of nicely segued into your morning routine because, um, you know, you told us about the half an hour yoga, the 20 minute meditation. Is that basically your wellness routine or is there anything else that you, that you tend to do on the regular that, that keeps you um, feeling good? It's a great question. Yeah. So I'd say movement and meditation are my like absolute like must. I would say sometimes I won't do the movement, but I'll always meditate every morning. I do something called transcendental meditation. It's like a mantra based meditation where you're given a mantra and then you repeat it in your mind. I love all different types of meditation. I'm always interested and intrigued, but I find this meditation, it feels like home to me. And I know that sounds like a really strange thing to say, but when I like sit down, I feel like I go into this really like snuggly comfy you know when you lie in bed at the end of the day that's how I feel when I meditate it's like I go into this place of comfort and for anyone listening who's like oh I've tried meditation and like it's so hard my like words of wisdom are everyone thinks during meditation like I always ask every meditation teacher I ever meet I'm like have you ever had a meditation with no thoughts? And very rarely, they might be like, there could be one, but that's one out of like 10,000 meditations that they've done. So I think thoughts are part of meditation. I think that's really important to know that it's very hard to like completely still your mind. And it, and if you realise you've stilled your mind, you're thinking that you've stilled your mind. So <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, thoughts are sneaky in that way. And I think also it takes time. I definitely struggle with meditation within my first year. Oh, I just like, I'm not getting it. And I felt it really frustrating. But I think so much of it was expectation. Expectation that it would be like bliss all the time. And I definitely have days where I meditate and it's really uncomfortable. And it's like, my mind is so noisy and it's like, I just can't be bothered to do this. I just need to get on with my day. Like all these kind of thoughts are whirling. But I think if you can like learn to like push through and also to notice those thoughts, you actually move through that emotion rather than like staying stuck in it. And I think another thing that people feel fearful of meditation is that it's that stillness right we're so used to like distracting ourselves so like we watch telly but we're like on Instagram and we like have our lunch but we're also doing an email or we're like we're often like multitasking meditation couldn't be the more opposite it's like stillness quiet like eyes closed and I think that can be quite frightening for people because you're really just left with you and you have to like face up to the thoughts that maybe you've been like drowning in social media and alcohol and food and you have to connect with sometimes uncomfortable feelings but I think they're really important to sit with because they're always there you're just like numbing them down emotions and feelings move like we all know that you know you might feel sad but then you move through it you might feel happy and then you move through it but I think if you're like numbing it out you never move through that feeling so I think meditation is really helpful for connecting to it and like connecting to yourself and again 
coming back to where we started before intuition, the more you connect with yourself, the more you connect with your thoughts, the more feelings, the more intuitive you can be because you know who you are, how you feel, what you want, what your deepest desires are. So yeah, I'm really passionate about meditation and I I think it's such a great tool and you can start with like three deep breaths, breathing in for four, exhaling out for six you know like you can really start small and build yourself up like you would with exercise you wouldn't run a marathon like you know immediately you did all this training so I think stick to it like that anyway let's go back to the morning routine I feel like I caveat it (laughs) no I love that I think we actually needed to hear that because I'm a fan of meditation uh, uh, but I, I have moments where I fall off the wagon you know I just feel like oh well I'm a bit busy for that today and I notice the difference during the day when I have meditated. I feel a lot more grounded and calm and happy, basically, than if I hadn't. When I let the rhythms of the day take over my thoughts and rather than it being the other way around, rather than me sort of feeling as though I'm in control of my thoughts and the rhythms of the day. So I definitely see that. And it was lovely to hear you talk so passionately about it. And I also love the idea that it could be literally for anyone and with any amount of of, uh, time. So if you're starting out, it could just be counting breaths for 30 seconds, counting breaths for a minute. Like it doesn't have to be a 22 minute meditation twice a day. Yeah. People can feel intimidated by that. You're so right about it. And I think one of the two things that people have told me about meditation that have really stuck with me is that like you said people are like I don't have time to do that but actually meditation gives you time because when you um meditate what a lot of it does is it filters out the stress in your body and that means that then you're more focused your concentration is better and you also sleep so much better because a lot of people struggle with sleep because they've not had any outlet of that stress during the day whereas meditation is amazing because it is a really good way of kind of processing emotions, moving things through, and then you can sleep better at night. Um, and we all know if we sleep better, the whole day runs smoother. So I think, yeah, the sleep and the kind of thing that it gives you more time is is really amazing. You've really inspired me, actually. I love that. I love to talk about meditation. And I wasn't expecting it, but it's perfect because I feel like it is a foundation for a lot of the other things that I was going to ask you about, actually because I had in my mind the idea of asking you around, you know, healthy hacks for being on the go or simple tips for a happier life. And I think in a lot of ways, meditation actually fits into all of that, (laughs) doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, no, it definitely does. I think it is, is really helpful. But I also want to say that like, if it's not for you and you've given it a go, like that's also fine. Like you can find a meditative practice in other ways like for some people it might be painting or like being in nature I don't know rock climbing or qigong or tai chi there's lots of amazing other kind of tools and things I guess the thing about meditation that I like is like you don't have to have anything else you just have to have yourself so that makes it a bit easier in terms of like you don't have to like travel to a ocean or a rock to access that feeling (laughs) yeah you are you are your own ocean and your own rock (laughs) but and I like that you said that it's okay to sit with discomfort 
uh, and that it's not necessarily supposed to be easy or zen, but really it's just a, a great path to starting to sitting with yourself and, and understand yourself a bit better, which I think is a really powerful message that people don't always understand when they hear someone talk about meditation. So thank you. That was really good. Should we finish off morning routines? Yeah. I, I feel like we got sidetracked. So the movement and the meditation, the other thing that I always do in the morning is I go outside so I think so much research of circadian rhythm and sleeping well is to have as much natural light as possible. So I tend to either meditate outside if it's not freezing or at least just go outside for a minute and kind of just get that bright light into my eyes and onto my skin in the morning. And also just get a bit of fresh air into the house, into your lungs. But that's pretty much all I do in the morning. And then pretty much, yeah, my son's up and that you know making breakfast together getting dressed me getting dressed having a shower and then doing drop off and then the things I always do in the evening are that I always wind down I turn off my phone quite early and yeah try and not look at a screen after nine o'clock and read my book and maybe do like my skincare sometimes I'll journal if I'm feeling like I need to like get out how I'm feeling I sometimes do Sudoku as well I love a bit of Sudoku but I'll always kind of do like quite chilled things in the evening before I go to bed I absolutely love watching TV probably someone wouldn't know that about me but I'm a mega like ever since I was little like I would wake up at 6am and go down and watch cartoons and like I just I love watching television so I naturally would love to be watching Netflix until like 11 o'clock at night that would be like my favorite thing to do but I know how much it impacts my sleep if I watch TV till late I get such a second wind and then I'm awake until 1am whereas if I catch myself where I'm like winding down around nine and if I'm in bed around 10 asleep or you know going to sleep around 10 I can have an early night's sleep so that's something that I really know about myself you know even though I, I do this for a living and I've been doing it for such a long time I still have that like voice inside my head that like little voice that's like when my alarm goes off to, to yoga I'm like I don't want to do this or like when I know I need to go to bed I'm like you know I don't want to do this I think everyone can relate to that voice that sort of just can't be asked and like is a bit more lazy what I've sort of gotten used to in myself is just like reminding myself of my why why do I meditate or why do I go to sleep early and like what does it go and like always coming back to that why and I think it doesn't matter what your why is your why could be that you want to have abs or it could be that you want to like have a strong enough body that you don't I don't know develop osteoporosis or you want to like live for a long time or, or whatever your reasons they can be but I think knowing your why is so crucial to keeping you motivated and, and coming back to it. And there's little things that I do. Sometimes I'll sleep in a sports bra. So I'll wear a sports bra and then like trackies. And that means that when I wake up in the morning, I don't have to get dressed. I can just like start doing some yoga downstairs. That's a genius idea. <laughs> <laughs> Go to bed in your sports clothes. <laughs> I love that. I've never done that, but maybe I should. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about you, but so much of like the reason I don't want to get out of bed is it's so warm and cozy. And like, yes. warm and cozy. I don't want to get out. Whereas what I'll do is I'll put my dressing gown next on the floor. So I just like roll out, dressing gown on. And my partner is always laughs at me because I'm always doing like yoga in my dressing gown. Like, <laughs> and then as I heat up, the dressing gown comes off. <laughs> 
It's brilliant. Yeah. So, but we all need these little tips, don't we? We all need these tips and tricks because however long you've been doing things to look after your body and mind, it's just so tempting to just snuggle up in that warm bed. <laughs> 100%. I think, yeah, like you said, like whoever we are, how long we're doing, we're all going to like have that voice. And, and sometimes, you know, sleep is more important and it's what you need in that moment. And that's your decision to make. And another thing that I definitely do is I spend a lot of time researching like good books to read so that the book is just as exciting to read as the TV show to stay up and watch. So like, yeah, I'm really passionate and I love reading. Yeah, I've always got like book I'm reading, but then I've got the next book so that like, you know, I've always got something that I can be like, oh, I'm really excited to get up into bed, do my skincare and like read my book and have that moment of time so that like each moment feels really enjoyable and and something to look forward to. Sounds good. You've got me thinking about my routines now. (laughs) So great. We've covered your routines. We've covered some simple tips for getting you out of bed. And we've talked a lot about the benefits of meditation and, and where you can start with that as well, which is wonderful. I wanted to move on because you said about your son and his routines and drop-offs to school and things like this. How easy have you found it to instill kind of healthy habits in him? And, and do you have any kind of recommendations for us as to sort of how to help us try to instill these kinds of habits and routines into our own children and family life? I think the biggest thing that I've seen is just being the change, doing the exercise, like them seeing you meditate, them seeing you put lots of vegetables on your plate. The more that he sees me doing those things, the more he's into it. So, you know, when I do my yoga, I'll just do it while he's he's playing here and I'll just do it next to him. And often he does jump on me or like try and do down my dog. But I want him to see that like I value my movement and my time and looking after myself. I'm quite unusual. I don't really get mother's guilt. Um, I don't feel guilty that I want to like go and do my yoga instead of playing with him. I feel like it's a good thing that he can see that I'm like taking my health seriously and interested in having like you know, my time and and that kind of stuff. So midweek, I do it before he wakes up in the morning, but on the weekend, I'll do it when he's there. And I'll also talk about it. I'll be like, I'm going to go and do my meditation. So he hears that. And then also I talk about breathing. So when he is getting really sad or anything, I'll just say, can you take like three deep breaths me like you're blowing out a candle? So I'll say, breathe in. And then exhale, blow out a candle. So that he's thinking of things and that gets him to think about his breath. And then in terms of food, both me and my partner are big cooks. We always get him to cook with us. So even if that's like peeling a carrot or, you know, he'll love baking and like stirring things or just trying a sauce or getting, I I think that's been something that we've always like got that kind of enthusiasm for. If anyone listening to this is really neat and tidy, they will not want to do what I do but I am quite free when it comes to mess and I'll just let my son get a bowl and just take whatever ingredient he wants in the fridge or the cupboard and make whatever he wants so he'll be like putting oats in and then he'll put in like turmeric and then he'll put in like flour and then he'll put in like 
fairies like he'll honestly like sometimes it tastes quite nice sometimes it's like disgusting but he'll just like mix all these things together and I think that freedom has been amazing for him to like feel excited about cooking things and making things and also just like have a bit more fun rather than it being really rigid because I think sometimes you you get worried, don't you? Like they're going to chop their finger off or they're going to burn themselves or something. So that has been something that I think has given him a lot of joy and and made food really fun. I'm really flexible. It's not that he only eats fruits and vegetables. He eats all different types of food. But I think, yeah, I talk a lot about colour. So like what colours can you see on your plate? I might talk about like why we eat fish and why omega-3 is good for him and then we might talk about supplements so like why we take them and yeah he loves he loves supplements so much it's really (laughs) weird he just loves taking like vitamins so yeah I feel like there's definitely like conversations around it um that make a difference but I think the modeling behavior and like sitting down at the table and eating together and what I've had to learn along the way is not getting too offended or upset if he doesn't like the food that I make him so I think I definitely used to be like but you really like it yesterday you did like this so why don't you like it today but kind of take I think taking away that like emotion um, and just making one food that's for the family so if he doesn't eat it it's fine we're eating it for dinner instead I think that kind of takes the pressure off a lot how about you what's worked for you I think what you've said is is very much what I've tried to do is just to kind of eat the healthy stuff and have the healthy habits and they get curious especially with my oldest son I actually uh taught him transcendental meditation in actual fact and uh he found it really useful to a point but he became quite impatient with it after a while um so perhaps he was a little bit on the young side but even now he still uses some of the breathing techniques that we we discussed before if he's getting wound up or if he's hurt himself um and he also really enjoys cooking which is great um so it's a lovely thing to be able to get him into um learning about different kind of taste combinations and things that he enjoys I've done it a bit less with my younger son I think because um I guess he's just been more of an observer I think the the older son tends to have been more active so I that's uh, given me pause for thought so I'm going to try and get my younger son more involved as well um, in some of the cooking and things like that but yeah it's it's a work in progress I think that's the same for all of us isn't it trying to find ways that that you can because uh, kids, they, they don't really like to be told what to do, but they definitely watch us. <laughs> they definitely watch what we do. <laughs> so actually, another thing that came to mind, we haven't actually done it for a while, you know, as habits kind of come and go. But we had this kid's gratitude journal and that was really, really lovely. And it would say three things that I'm grateful for one thing that was really great today and then it would have these kind of smiley faces from really happy to sad like how I felt today and you'd circle a little smile or not a little frown or really happy or whatever what I'm excited about tomorrow and it was really nice and really interesting to hear as well do you know what I mean you really got to like find out about that day a little bit more and like see what lights them up and like you know, it's often not what you think. Do you know what I mean? Like you'll be like, but this happened today and that was amazing. But they'll be like, actually, I got to do this at school or I got to like, you know, eat this or something like that. It's often like... Not what you expected. Not what you expected. What brings them joy. And I think that's really humbling and, and interesting because... 
as you said, kids don't like being told what to do and, and you've got to allow them to be their own character and make their own happiness from what they perceive it to be. Yeah. Um, but that was a really beautiful practice that we would do together. And actually I would also do as well. So I would say what I was grateful for and do that as well. So it, it's, rem- I feel like what we've been doing is just saying it before we go to bed. So I'll say, what are you grateful for today before he goes to sleep? But I think the, the writing down was really nice and also good depending on what age your child is, but getting used to writing and letters and stuff like that. Yes. I, I did exactly the same thing with my youngest son. Actually, we went through that. But he he got he got fed up with having to write it, so we started just to say it after a little while. Yeah, I think it is that thing of like that repetitiveness. <laughs> Maybe as a child, it's not as interesting. Yeah, and I found <laughs> that yeah, my son would literally every day be like, "I'm grateful for my mum. I'm grateful for my dad. I'm grateful for my best friend." And it was like that was it. <laughs> like every day. It was like I was like, "Oh, we need to mix this up a bit." It was sweet, obviously, <laughs> super appreciative that I made the list. But, um, yeah, it was you wouldn't like, have been happy yeah. if you didn't make the list. <laughs> yeah, like one day you're you're striped off. <laughs> you know that's actually brought me on to what you said earlier about how he loves taking supplements because <laughs> <laughs> my kids quite enjoy their supplements too. But I understand that you have some supplements that you've actually created. So tell us about your supplements. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so I have collaborated with Better You who I've been a fan for for like a decade. I think I first got introduced to their magnesium sprays and salts, but have gone on to love their oral sprays as well. Yeah, it all kind of happened a few years ago. We met up and I was a big fan and we came together to create a range of four different sprays. So we have one for conception, one for pregnancy, one for hair, skin and nails, which is all about getting your glow back and then a children's health one. So the reason why we thought the pregnancy one worked so well, because it's an oral spray, uh, it's really easy to take. Um, I don't know about you and your pregnancy, but I was really, really unwell and really sick. And I definitely not no way could swallow any pills. So having a spray in pregnancy is so nice because you can just put it into your mouth. It absorbs directly um, into your bloodstream through your mouth rather than going through your digestive system, which for a lot of people, you know, swallowing maybe two to three, depending on how many you need to take. Pills can be quite difficult and quite unsettling for your stomach if you're feeling quite nauseous. So we've got, yeah, the conception spray, which is um, one to take. It's just for women um, when you're trying and then one for pregnancy. So you sort of move through that, you know, year or however long. And then we have the hair, skin and nails, which is for anyone to take. And that's a really nice uh, combination of everything for your hair, skin and nails. Um, and we've got, yeah, get your glow back on it. That's had incredible feedback from people. And then we've got the children's health one um, and that's ages one to 13. And what's really great about it, for example, with your boys, depending on what their age, you give them a certain amount of sprays. So you can use the bottle across your children and kind of give them based on how old they are the recommended dose and I think again a spray is really nice because you're not worried about choking it tastes really nice so they open up their mouths and do it and then at some point they can you know spray it into their mouths themselves yeah it's just not always easy to get your children to eat a balanced diet every day so it's just nice to know that you've got a little bit of supplementation coming in every day and I think yeah it's just about making it routine we kind of do it in the morning 
during breakfast time, it's sort of like eat your breakfast and have your supplements. And yeah, you're on your way. So yeah, Shay has his children's health every day. And then we also give him an omega-3, also a probiotic as well. Those are the like three ones that we kind of do every day. I guess supplements do always taste kind of like strawberry or different kind of yummy flavors but he he does love his supplements I think he thinks they're like sweets so I'll just I'll let him keep thinking (laughs) yeah yeah or maybe he's just a boy after his mother's heart and he knows how much it means to you (laughs) yeah 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 maybe probably that does sound sound about right but yeah no yeah I don't know how you feel about supplements I am someone that yeah has always kind of taken them of course I think it's best to get as much as nutrition you can from your food but I do think there are a lot of areas especially something like a vitamin d where it is really quite hard to get enough of it we're not spending enough time outdoors it's quite hard to get through food that's definitely a really good one to get and I think also a lot of people have digestive problems um, these days it's quite common whether that's IBS or another kind of digestive issue and I think having it in a spray is really good because it's not you're not worrying on your gut absorbing it you can absorb it through your mouth so I think that's really good I've definitely seen that in yeah lots of people with digestive problems that they're taking all the supplements but like their level yeah. going up because they're just like passing through them. I can see where that would definitely be useful. I mean, I'm thinking as well in terms of things like vitamin B12, you know, after the age of 50, or if you take diabetes medications or reflux medications, or if you have celiac disease, or there's a number of different reasons why you wouldn't necessarily absorb as much through your stomach. So that's a lovely uh, reason to to enjoy a spray. That's a yeah, really good point. So lovely. Well, I think we're going to have to round this up. It's been an absolutely oh, nice. lovely conversation. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. And I guess to finish, because we've talked about so many wonderful things, but I know obviously with your nutrition training uh, and a lot of the things that you do around food, I, I, I sort of almost feel the need to ha- ask you one question, at least yeah. around food yeah. Yeah. <laughs> before we, before we finish up. So, you know, you mentioned about the Glow Hub and all the work that you do and the recipe books. What I'd love to know after our conversation that we had around sort of making sure that, that we get as much as we can from foods, do you have any great tips for things like you know, healthy work snacks, kind of on-the-go foods or lunchbox snacks for kids that, that they can enjoy that will give them not only a great flavour, but obviously some extra nutrition as they go? snacks I think if you're making them at home I love to make nuts and date kind of energy balls I think they're really good or sort of like seedy bars where you'll sort of blend lots of different seeds with some coconut oil and dates and then press it into a tin and then freeze it and then kind of chop them up I think they're always really good I feel like I like to have a combination of like trying to get a bit of protein and fat into the snacks I find a lot of snacks can be just carbohydrates so having yeah those kind of packets of nuts or seeds or something like that just kind of fill you up a little bit longer did you say on the go breakfast no but you can give me an on the go breakfast if you like (laughs) Um, yeah I do a lot of like birches so sort of soaking oats in like a little bit of apple juice and oat milk and with like raisins and lots of berries and yogurt that kind of can last a few days in the fridge and you can like scoop that up into different things 
that's a great idea. You know, the virtual muesli is great because it is there overnight. You can just literally in the morning, just grab it and you don't have to think about it. That's a good one. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I think as much as possible, what you eat is important, but I think how you eat is also really important. So sitting down and like trying to chew your food, um, that really helps you absorb it so much better. Yes. And keeps you fuller for longer. I think, yeah, like it, it's definitely a hard one to learn because we're used to sort of like go, go, go. But I rush, rush, so. rush. But actually, yeah. we need to sit down. We need to chew about, you know, 10, 15 times and really focus on what we're eating so we can actually feel fuller. A hundred percent. I know. But it's, de- it's definitely hard to do for sure. Lovely. Well, thank you so much, Madeline. I've really, really enjoyed that. And there's actually been a huge breadth of of tips and advice that you've shared with us over that time. So it's been really, really useful. And I know that listeners will have got an awful lot out of it. So thank you so, so much. I hope so. Um, Yeah, thank you. I've really enjoyed coming on. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today for that episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did. I thought that Madeline was such a genuine, lovely, authentic guest. Although I was expecting to talk to her more about nutrition, what I absolutely loved is that she shared a lot of great tips around meditation and a bit more of a deep dive into meditation and why it's useful, which I found really interesting. And how wonderful that she also knows Richie Norton, who was a great guest that I'd love for you to check out if you haven't heard him already on series two episode two of the wellness edit podcast she also talked about her supplements range which sounds really great the better use sprays which are available in store at holland and barrett and she mentioned healthy snacks on the go which are also available at holland and barrett in store such as nuts and seeds and bars and ot balls and all those kinds of things so what a great episode thank you for joining and do come along next week for our next episode we'll be talking to another great guest about how to fit wellness into your day and remember you can find all the other episodes not just the Richie Norton episode but all of the other ones from series one two and three on your favorite podcast platform and via the Holland and Barrett website at hollandandbarrett.com I'll see you next time All views are those of our guests and not Holland and Barrett, unless explicitly stated otherwise. Any reference to brands and or products should not be considered as an endorsement.